0: Log
1: Talk Radio Doctor No No108, adoption. Hey from the grassroots of medicine and social networking, this is the Dr. Anonymous show live on Blog Talk Radio. I am, of course, your favorite physician host. My name is Mike, but my friends call me Dr. A, like you. And you can always find me at DrAnonymous.com, DrAnonymous.net takes you to my Facebook fan page. And thanks to everybody who has uh, joined me, joined the fan page. Hey, get on the train here. We have, we have over 100 fans now, not 100,000, that'll be tomorrow, uh, but over 100 fans, so thank you for that. And uh, you can also find me at uh, dranonymous. O R G, and that takes you right to my iTunes page. That's right, I have an iTunes page, and you can actually subscribe to this show. Can you believe that? You know, to get all you can handle of Dr. Anonymous. That's me. Uh, Today is Thursday, August thirteenth, two thousand nine. It is nine p.m. Eastern time, and uh, we, we have a great show here for you tonight. Uh, a little bit different than uh than uh, what you're probably used to out there um this one good no, no just kidding, just kidding. it's all it's all good uh but uh, I have a very special guest we're going to be uh welcoming to the show in, in just uh, a few minutes uh, d g Uh and I met uh, d g at uh, podcamp ohio uh, last year and uh when uh, when I was down there uh, this year I was, uh, Start talking about things and talking about life, and uh, uh, told he's telling me the story, which he'll and and his wife will share with you in just a few minutes. Their process of uh, uh, adoption, and, uh, uh, and I thought uh, you know I think this this will be a great story to uh, share uh, with all of you uh, because it's it's a fascinating story. I, I, I see some of well, I, I see. God because uh, I I see patients that come in for a medical evaluation and just paperwork to uh, be filled out and that whole thing. Uh, But uh, you'll see uh, you're here here, uh, this evening, and uh, I will uh, drop this here in the chat room here. They have a a blog, and uh, it's called the Hollums Adoption. And uh, for those of you listening on the archives, uh, you can reach it at adoption.hollums, H-O-L-L-U-M-S, Dot com uh, And uh, it's titled Adoption, Looking for a Little One to Love. So we'll be talking with them um, in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, I do want to thank uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, for featuring the show again here this evening. And uh, welcome to those of you who are new to the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, yes, I am a real doctor. I am uh, a family physician here in a beautiful Northeastern Ohio, full-time private practice, which means I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office, and uh, I've had my blog for three years now, and coming up at the end of this will be the two-year anniversary for this show. That's right. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for not canceling me. Uh, if you would want to uh, join the show uh, later for your five minutes of fame, the number here is 646-716-9514, and uh, um, you can hop on the train here later in the show. If you're listening live, uh, there's usually a uh, video feed here on Block Talk Radio, but again, it's not liking my camera, so I'm over at uh, UStream. And uh, you can get over there uh, by typing in DrAnonymous.TV, and that will take you to my Ustream. And uh, just to let everybody know, you know, there is between the audio and the video. So that's not your computer. That is uh, actually what happens there. And uh, before we get started, I want to give a big hi and hello to everybody in the chat. We have our guests in the chat room. Uh, we have our friend Jan in the chat room. We have uh, many guests. Thank you, guests, for joining us. Um, You can, if you want to join in the fun of the chat room, you just have to go here at the uh, Blog Talk Radio site, and you can chat here with the rest of us here. And, uh, of course, we have Kimmy, and we have Liz, we have Sonny, we have Ben, and the J-Man. So uh, so thank you all for uh, joining us here this evening. So I think I have all of my opening stuff here uh, taken care of. So uh, I will take a a short break here, and uh, on the other side of this break will be uh, our good friends DG and uh, Tiffany Hollams. You are listening to the Dr. Anonymous show live on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm your speaker at Blog World Expo. At the MedBlogger meetup, you can find out more information at marriageablog.com and just click on the tab of Blog World. That's right, coming up October 15th in Las Vegas. Uh, very exciting. Uh, but we will be right back here on the Dr. Anonymous Show. <laughs> show lowering your blood pressure one point at a time that's right. that's right uh so now i do want to uh welcome our guests uh dg and Tiffany, uh, joining the show here it's great to talk to you thank
2: you it's a privilege to be here
3: good to talk to you
1: how you doing i have to get that okay
0: uh, how
2: are you doing <laughs> You know, I was telling my wife, uh, you know, that that we would be honored to have you as our family physician. Like I would, I would be, I would be so proud to turn my head and cough for you. Oh
3: goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just gonna do a turn and cough joke, so that's why. That's why. You know, right I, out I, the gate, we start. Right out of the gate. Get this, uh, uh, Get that right, right out of the way here first. Uh so so thank you thank you for being on the show here. I mean it's it's great. I know DJ and I talked a lot at uh podcamp Ohio um about the, the process that you're going through. Um I guess my further is uh, just to get to get to uh have the people get to know you a little bit, um why don't you guys tell the story about uh um uh, how you met and uh, you know how the, you know all that all that muchy stuff before we start this uh this this next thing.
2: Okay. Well, uh, Timmy just pointed at me, which means I go first, and that means you get to hear a joke that's not true. So she met me when I was stripping, and she put a 20 in my underwear instead of just a 1. Nice.
3: And then he put that up. And okay. I
2: knew that was love at first bill.
0: <laughs> that's nice. I'm just
3: Stupid. Totally oh joking. Oh, my God. Yeah,
2: and, and what, the funny thing is I is no that. one has any concept that we are both pastors in the Methodist church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so, you how about you go first? Do you want to talk about how we met and stuff?
3: Well, um, we both went to Angelo State um, University in San Angelo, Texas, and I was actually older than him, so he got himself there. <laughs> Only by two years ago, he would classify me as a cougar. I a cougar.
0: <laughs> All right. But
3: um, I actually saw him in church. He came to church with my best friend, and I saw him, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that guy is hot. And uh, my sister actually wrote me a note that said, that's the guy you're going to marry. He has dark hair and blue eyes, and he's going to be a preacher. And I said, how do you know he's going to be a preacher? And she said, he's in church, and he's wearing a cross necklace. And <laughs> like, duh. Um, so <laughs> we just got to be really good friends. And actually – the second time I met him, I was telling my roommate that I was going to become a nun because I'd had um, some bad experience with men. And uh, I turn around, and DG is standing there, and he grabs my hand, and he kisses it, and he says, How am I supposed to marry you if you become a nun? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, wow. I'll let you take that,
1: that, it there. That, that, that line actually worked? Wow.
3: You know, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to smack him or swoon, and for about the next year and a half, I wanted to smack.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I you know, you know, you have all these come-on lines, but the best ones are the ones that are actually in context. And so, you know, come on, she set me up for that. I had to, I had to knock those pins down. Now, um, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I just, I, I was always attracted to her. I told everybody that I went to college for two things. I went to college for. Um, uh, A degree in a wife and in a wife all I wanted was two things was a great butt and a good smile and uh, (laughs) thankfully uh, God and a few other friends uh, and just sheer grace and luck (laughs) Uh, no I have a wife that is just awesome that is completely supportive and and uh, cares for me probably more than she cares for her actually I know she does and and so you know so that relationship just kind of started blossoming um, and then, and then it just kind of ended because I don't know, I, I, I was, I, I think I just realized that she was two years older than me and I was like, there's no way, you know, she's going to go off, she's going to give us some seminary because she kept on talking about going to seminary and there's no way to have a long distance relationship. And so I was just like, you know what? I'll just call it off now. I'm still a freshman. I uh, still got a lot of seeds to sow and, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, <laughs> So I started dating, uh, uh, you know, other girls uh, and, and things like that. So there was a there was one big one big moment in our relationship where I kind of kind of was convicted. I just I knew that I could very easily fall in love and marry Tiffany, um, but there was there were other girls that I thought were attractive and and um, that I, I wouldn't mind dating. And so I actually went. I
3: think I scared him.
2: Well, yeah, probably a little bit, but. Yeah. But that was just cool. Uh, anyway, I, went to, actually, I actually went to Tiffany. I said, hey, uh, tell me, me, um, finish the story because my battery's running on low on my computer. i got to get the plug.
3: Nice. Um, he just came to me and said, hey, <laughs> Tiffany, I need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh, great, here we go again. And uh, he said, you know, there's some dating. There's this girl that I think that I could actually fall in love and marry, but I'm scared. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah, that places me down at the last of the list. You know, he, you know, the, he he prefaced it with saying, you know, you're like my best friend. And I'm thinking, oh, good, I'm getting the friend status. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's so it. then, yeah, and it's I just told him,
0: thing.
3: yeah, I told him, just stick with the girl you're with if you don't have the guts to tell the other girl that you love her. And uh, I had no clue that it was me. And, you know, so for, like, the next year and a half, we were just best friends. We walked to class every day together. We talked about everything together, um, you know. And, and even when we were dating, I had expressed, you know, con- I mean, even when we were just friends, I had expressed concern to him, you know, that I was so scared I wouldn't be able to have kids and um, we just talked about everything before we actually started dating so that when, you know, we did start dating, I think my my best friend actually said the world is coming to an end because, you know, we're moving towards a one-world economy, nuclear bombs are on the rise, and Tiffany and Dee are dating. And, uh, <laughs> because before, it's just, you know, we just fought. Well, I, I pretty much fought with him all the time because he frustrated me so much because I was so in love with him.
2: Yeah, and I didn't uh, think there was any fighting going on because I was completely clueless. Yeah,
3: it was all on my side.
2: So,
3: <laughs> yeah. it was pretty interesting. It threw people off.
2: It did, but anyway, long story short, uh, we uh, we eventually did hook up later on, and uh, we've been married for almost
0: eleven almost years. eleven
2: years. This August twentieth, twenty uh, second, twenty second,
0: yes, yeah, twenty second. We'll be uh, <laughs> god. That's like one of my first. Things.
2: I don't want to be that, that 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 husband, and I just did it. Of oh no, that's, that's,
1: that's okay. Well, I, I can I can edit that out later. You know, you're yeah, you're good. yeah. Okay, good thanks. Yeah,
3: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so say it again to you the right date, August. <laughs>
1: so
2: August twenty second will be our eleventh anniversary. Yeah. And oh, uh,
0: the entire time,
2: you know, when we were we went to seminary as soon as we were as soon as we graduated. Like Tiffany actually waited around for me to graduate because she robbed the cradle, and mm-hmm. uh, which I never thought that I she would have done that. So anyway. She she, uh, she waited around for me, got a job, waited for me to graduate. And I sped it along, too. I mean, she didn't have to wait for two years. I sped it along. And I just went to go support her. So she was called to go into ministry. And I thought, well, I'm not. So uh, I'll just go and support her and make some money. And uh, so we moved up to uh, Wilmore, Kentucky, which is just south of Lexington, Kentucky. And um, so she, you know, we got married and we went there for uh, we were in school for well, I was in school for three years. You we were in school for five. five. Yes, yeah, something like that. Man. Three, yeah, three and a half, and you were five. Anyway, in a 96-hour master's degree program, <laughs> and uh, and during that time period, we thought, no, we don't really want to have kids during this time period. So you know, we because I that.
3: was working full time, kind of. I was the breadwinner in a sense. So you know, no, I was the breadwinner for a year. Oh, anyway, we traded <laughs> off breadwinner. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, 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 so 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 DG
1: you're you are telling me you were you were a kept man, is that what you're saying? You're an older woman making all the money. Is that what you're saying?
3: I don't think DG could ever be a kept man. You know, people will ask me, they'll say, Did you know DG was like this before you married him? And I'm like, What, do you think I was in a coma? I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, but anyway, so but we didn't think we were gonna have kids. Uh I mean we we just we just didn't want to have kids at that time because we're both in school and we're both trying to, to uh, you know, get our master's and, we're, and uh, we're both trying to work at the same time. And so we didn't think anything of it. We were just going to do the whole birth control thing, uh, which also helped out your uh, any acne or whatever. Yeah. Else, whatever it is. yeah,
3: it's great for your acne. And so the right kind. If you get
2: the right kind. So we were like, no, let go. But, but nearing down towards the end uh, of, our, of our seminary time, we decided that, you know, yeah. Probably it's, about
3: a year before. Probably
2: about a year before. It's probably right about time for us to be able to start trying. So we stopped taking the, the uh, birth control pills and started, I mean, Tiffany is like meticulous as far as like counting, you know, what, you know, her cycles for her period and everything else like that. So we could be able to try to figure out when we could be able to um, get impregnated and, <laughs> and nothing, nothing worked. I mean, having sex upside down in the shower, uh, swinging from swing. Wow.
3: Wow, yeah. I
1: I, I, I saw that on YouTube, man. That was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got a lot of calls in on that one. (laughs)
3: Well, you know, I think part of it was, um, you know, at first, for about the first year, year and a half, you know, I would just keep track, you know, month by month, just like I normally would. and. You know, for me, it was like I was always like clockwork you know there was there was really no real question about it, so you know but as as time passes, you sit back and you're like, "Wow, you know it's been you know nine months a year, and I really didn't start getting you know, really incredibly freaked out about it until it was about a year and a half and then we graduated and then, you know, my sister, my baby sister gets pregnant and it's like, wow, and you just start to see time stand still around you and you feel like you're frozen, you're chirogenically frozen and everybody else around you, life is moving and for me, the biggest thing was just the passage of time. You know, there would be these markers that I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean... It really is not happening for us,
2: right? Yeah, and it's and so it just it got it got really it came to a fruition while we were uh, in the United Methodist Church. They actually appoint you as a pastor. They they tell you where you're going going to go, and so we graduated um, as a seminary, and so we actually went to New Mexico, uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico is where we were appointed, and um, and it was there where we where we actually started, started the process of, of contacting a uh, fertility, a fertility doctor, a fertility specialist d- to deal with infertility. And so I got my boys tested, and, uh, <laughs> and it was oh so funny. Um, it was really actually really h- hilarious because, you know, they did the test on the number of boys and how well they swam and if they were smart.
3: They called them.
2: Yeah, she actually called the them the boys. And so the lady was like, well, let's just be honest here. You have a whole bunch of boys. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, and they are really strong swimmers. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she said, and they are really stupid. <laughs> and, I was like, what? and you're I like, know they're no. <laughs> they're like into
0: each so, and,
2: and the way the lady said, the way I know that they're smart is they go towards the bubbles, and they try to start going into the bubble like it was an egg. And she said, they're just swimming around aimlessly. <laughs> they're
0: like, it's so beautiful.
2: Oh, gosh. So, you know, I'm just like, yeah, you just summed me up. Um. am well, wait, no, you didn't. Cause I'm pretty big. And yeah, I'm just the opposite. I'm just smart and fat and lazy. No, you're
0: not. I'm joking.
3: <laughs> but you know, I think a lot of it, I think for, for me, you know, I think a lot of women go into infertility and they feel, you know, some people tell me they felt violated and they felt, you know, they would get really stressed about it and have their calendar and, you know, ironically, I was I didn't ever feel that way. I mean, DG and I tried to make it fun, you know, and he would get me a cute calendar and we'd keep track of it. And, you know, I never did the, you know, wake up every morning and take your temperature thing. It just, you know, people would come to us at church and say, oh, you just need to stop trying and it'll happen. And I'm thinking, you're <laughs> idiot yeah, those you know? are know
2: people I wanted to smack you're an
3: idiot but you know we're pastors so I just have to kind of smile and say thank you so much you know and think in my mind you're an idiot Um, but you know as as time started going it's just I think for me it I think what made it tough for the people in the clinic is they started seeing our personality as a couple and they saw that We really, really love each other, and we really want to have children for the right reason. Um, And, you know, just that, I mean, nothing, nothing would ever happen. It was like month after month. You know, we started out with um, just, you know, the tests and stuff. They would run lots of tests. They ran tests on DG. Um, You know, for me, there's not a whole lot of tests that they can run. I mean, they can, you know, give you, you know, clomid or something like that and stimulate your ovaries and i always was you know perfect case scenario you know wow you have lots of follicles and wow this is going great and then nothing um and so i think for us it was like month after month after month just nothing um and and no real cause you know they're checking me for polycystic ovaries and all kinds of stuff and there's just nothing um and so, you know, they would tell us, you know, we, we basically went through all of that in Santa Fe and then we got appointed up to Kentucky and we found that there was, like, the guru of infertility up here, and he had actually studied under our fertility doctor in New Mexico. You know, so we're thinking, wow, this is awesome. And
2: There's too many coincidences here. I mean, to yeah, be Yeah, and
3: fate, pregnant, yay. You just go there, and it's the same thing. I mean, it's like you'd be like, wow, this looks really good this month, and then nothing.
2: Yeah, like your ovaries are really, really responding to the drugs. This is great. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. And, yeah, and nothing.
3: nothing. You know, we did the shots.
1: So is that the... Is that, it? So is that why you moved to where you're at now, because of the fertility specialist?
3: No, no. I mean, we were appointed here by the church. Okay,
1: okay. Like okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was just wondering.
3: Yeah it was, was just just wondering.
1: A yeah, it was just it was
2: one of the things where we were just, we were just like, wow, it's too much of a coincidence. So, right. you know what I'm saying? So right. we were like, wow, this is right. going to be great. Um, right and then yeah
3: nothing (laughs) and not to mention the medical costs i mean when we were in new mexico our insurance would cover it but here it's like you know you go in um you'd basically go in there um they'd strap me in a chair with these weird funky little socks on the on the like straps the stirrups the stirrups yeah Yeah. you know they go in do their thing about 50 i think i probably had about 50,000 bolts
2: intervaginal yeah, vaginal
3: ultrasounds. ultrasounds, man, those are fun. And, and hey,
2: I loved them. I thought they were really <laughs> cool. I was like, check
3: out the epispilosis. Your poop is moving. This is awesome. DG, I think dg oh, could probably God. do one himself. Like he knows what buttons to push. <laughs> he was and like, wow, that looks great right there. I think that's like twenty two, whatever. I, I could thinking, measure ovaries right
1: now. Great.
3: I guarantee you I, know, I could measure ovaries. And and DG would strike up a conversation with the technology, you know, with the technician and i'm thinking get on with it already you know i'm like laying there like a pig and he's like hey so what are you thinking about the paint on the walls?" you know and i Uh, mean i think for us it's like we had so many funny experiences
2: um well you just you had to make it funny i mean you really did because it's it, it would it would have it would have buried me emotionally if i didn't inject humor into it i mean it's really humbling to uh you know, to, for me to go into a room and to make a deposit, if you know what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, and I'll, I'll still never forget it. Like I walked into one of the rooms and there, the lady was like, magazines are in the door over there, there's videos there. And I was like, oh, I don't need that stuff. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you've got a picture of, uh, of Ohio State University from from an aerial photo. This is all I need. Is this what, get, is this what men get off of and she was rolling laughing. So I mean, we had to make it funny, and we yeah. had to make it
0: enjoyable.
1: Yeah.
2: And so how, uh, there, how
1: how long uh, how long were you trying before you even started with the with the fertility specialist? How long was that approximately? About you said year and a year and, and a half. half? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And yeah. then, so how how long were you trying with a fertility specialist then?
3: Oh, oh gosh, that was like eight years.
2: Really? Eight years. Yeah, I mean on and off. Yeah, I mean we there was a move in the middle of that time period too, so we kinda had to put it on hold a little bit. But yeah, eight years. And luckily our insurance actually covered it when we were in New Mexico, but the insurance did not cover it here in Kentucky. And so when we came up here to Kentucky, 500
0: dollars a visit
2: Yeah, five hundred bucks per visit with no insurance. And you know we're we're running I mean we spent at least thirty thousand dollars in and that's that we, we, we went through credit cards. We went through uh, all kinds of stuff, which is the reason uh-huh. we don't have money right now just, you know, out of pocket to be able to yeah. do the adoption ourselves.
3: Well, and, yeah. you know, the shots, I mean, the shots were like $1,500 for the shots. And I think that, you know, a lot of times what happens to couples is that, you know, you, you, in, you inject the shots. You spend, you know, $1,500 on that. Then you have to spend, you know, not, not to mention you're giving yourselves the shots. But then you have to spend $200 on a shot to release your eggs. Then you spend, you know, $300 for the vaginal sound, you know, $600 to $1,000 on the insemination. And you get to the point where, you know, I, people watch TV and they see, like, the tuplets mom, which she's not a good example. But, you know, John and Kate plus eight. You know, they, it it hit me one day as we were leaving the doctor's office. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, we are completely in that situation because there, I cannot tell you how many months there were that we were inseminated and I had eight good follicles, you know, and a lot of times what the doctors do is you you have to make a split second decision right there. If they have something jammed up inside of me, (laughs) DG has already, you know, spilled his seed, and, and you I
2: didn't spill it, though. Yeah, he's... I put it into a specific Yeah, whatever. He's,
3: he's, you know, deposit And you you're know. laying there, and you have to decide in that moment, you know, are we going to inseminate or not? And it's, I mean, you're emotionally charged, you're financially charged, and you don't... You know, we were walking down the hall, and there was a picture of four babies, and DG goes, that couldn't be us, could it? And I'm like, that could be us times two, you know? I had eight <laughs> good follicles. And I well, it's, it's,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: People just don't explain it.
1: Yeah, people just, well, I mean, yeah, it, doctors it, don't, don't
3: explain
1: it. It, it. it has to be because you're, I mean, you're pastors, you know, and and you probably see this in your church, see the people that you're working with, and and you're seeing, you know, these babies, and you're celebrating that. And, and it had to be very frustrating kind of being on the other side of that, being inseminated and you know, year after year, right? I, at what point were you like, well, this is just, you know, not going to happen the fertility way? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I think that, you know...
1: Well, I th- we, we, the steps of
2: the infertility, pro- of the fertility process through dealing with the infertility medically is, what was it, pills,
3: mm-hmm. up front... Ovarian stimulation Ovarian pills.
2: stimulation pills, and then... Uh, I guess in shots.
3: shots with, with um, you know, insemination. They usually said that insemination. And let me tell you, ladies, that is fun. <laughs> it is not fun. And then after and that. And that was sarcasm. Yeah, after that, basically, you moved to IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. And, um, you know, for us as pastors, it was a huge decision. You know, do you... You know, do do you do in vitro fertilization? And for us, you know, it was a question of when do we believe that conception happens. You know, and I think for DG and I, the rub came with the embryos. Um, you know, because we were looking at that we, you know, if we looked at the average of how I had produced eggs in the past, we were looking at an average of eight embryos. Um, right. You know, and, and you wouldn't really want to implant all of those unless you want to have a litter. And, and I didn't really feel like being the... And and mom. believe me,
2: I'm pretty hairy, so we would have had a litter. Like, it would have been like wow. little baby wow. Sasquatches. There are Sasquatches <laughs> everywhere.
0: Yeah,
3: so it's just, you know, it, it was a really difficult decision. And um, actually, some of our, one of our nurses, you know, because you get to know these people really well, And one of the nurses came to us and said, there is a trial going on right now, an IVF trial. And, you know, a round of IVF costs around $20,000. And that's, you know, that doesn't mean that it's successful. You pay that whether it's successful or not. Um, And she said, there's an IVF study going on right now that basically it would be $2,000. Right. And I really want to get you guys in. And so she pulled some strings and, and worked us into where we were accepted to this trial. And um, you know, we met with the doctor, asked him our questions, and you know, it was it was like Mother's Day and I just I looked at D G and he looked at me. Which and, by the
2: way, Mother's Day is, you know, super hard.
3: Sucks. Father's Day is hard
2: for me a little bit, yeah, but nowhere near sucks. as bad it is for Tiffany.
3: You know, and churches will do the whole thing of have all the mothers please stand up and I'm like up in front Oh and yeah. I feel like yeah. Jiggies. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty rough. It's really. Rough. It's oh yeah. Awful. Yeah. It's awful. You know, and plus with us being past, you know, people people love you, and I don't think that people mean to be mean. Some people do. They're just stupid. You know, and I just Jack put it. them in a in a category of you're an idiot. But then there's the <laughs> other ninety eight percent that really do care, and but they say this stupidest things like oh well you can have my kids you know i'll give them to you and i'm thinking heck yeah i mean give me the papers or you know oh you know just stop trying it'll happen or i knew this couple that they adopted and then they had kids and
2: yeah if you just get drunk and have sex in the back of a car
3: so ridiculously stupid and you know so for us though It's an inevitable question. People see us around kids. It's an inevitable question. And we just decided that for the sake of other people, we should just tell them, you know, this, we don't have kids because we have tried. We're infertile. Right. And, you know, I think for me, I don't know so much for DG because, and DG would get really mad at me for this, but I think that. What are you talking about? I got to the point that I felt like it was me, you know, we were in it together, but it was very obvious to me that it was something wrong with me and, and not like, you know, something wrong with me as a person, but something wrong with my body. And so I, I really had to get to the point that it's like, wow, you know, really am infertile. And, uh, and with, with the trial though, it was like, to what lengths are we willing to go to, not being infertile and you know for us it really became a money situation you know do I want to spend even two thousand dollars to get pregnant and it not work um, but ultimately for us it was the embryos you know and and did you didn't he go over the options of what to do with the embryos were your leftover ones or you know freeze them
2: right yeah 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 freeze them uh, destroy them
3: uh, like nicely destroy them by putting yeah of them course back in, you know, yeah we'll put
2: it back in you that they will die or uh, or give them out to other people who can't who can't do it either like you can basically offer up your As own yeah offer up your own uh, fertilized eggs to another you know to another couple
3: and that was the only one that we felt like if if we were going to do this the only option that was okay for us was the donor and i just came to dg you know because what we would do is we would talk about it and then leave and pray about it and then come back and i just told him i said i just cannot do that i can't go through this process and i think deep down in my heart i knew that even if we did in vitro it wasn't going to work and it wasn't just me being pessimistic it was just being realistic um I just thought, you know, I cannot go through this process and then know that our kids that we've tried so hard to have are out there. I just I just could not do that. Um, and so I think at that point we just called them back and said, take us off the off the trial. And we just yeah definitely stopped it. You know, and and for us, it was like we get to points where we're like, I'd be like, I'm done. Then we'd be like, oh, no, let's try it again. I'm done. No, let's do it again. And then, but that one, it was like, no, I, you know, we have very solid reasons and, and, and reasons that we really felt very strongly based on principle and convictions of why we couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. So, so,
0: so,
2: and I mean, so, and we didn't even so talk ahead. about, you didn't even talk about, you know, you had, you had two surgeries
0: mm-hmm.
2: for endometriosis just to check and see if it was,
3: really and, and
2: no one ever said, and they said it was never really bad enough. You had a little bit, it was never bad enough to cause infertility. Mm-mm. I mean, we've we've been through a lot. Yeah. It's just amazing.
3: And I think, you know, you get to the end of it. And I know for me, you know, I'll talk to women that are infertile and I, even even talking with them, I felt like I was on a different planet because I didn't feel the whole thing of, you know, why God? Why me? Why can I not get pregnant? Why can this, you know, 15-year-old girl get pregnant? You know, I went to Target one time to get a pregnancy test for me and for a 15-year-old because she thought she was pregnant. And I had just been inseminated and wondered if I was pregnant. And, you know, she looked at me and said, do you get mad at God? And I was like, no, I mean, you know, a woman is supposed to be able to have sex and get pregnant, you know, and it's just not working for me the way it's supposed to be. Um, But for me, it was just, it was so frustrating. And I think by the end of it, I felt, I I felt like a pig, like, and and at the end it's like, I'm done. You know, I, I just can't, I can't operate. I can't, you know, punch, you know, invade with, an instrument or whatever anymore i'm just I, I just reached a point where i was done
1: well i would I, I would imagine that really you know set you back for a while i mean trying and trying and years going past and years going past and i mean how, how did you get from there to like well then maybe we should try adoption That's, i would imagine it was probably a good while maybe a few months or something like that or did you really or did you guys just bounce back and said hey you know you know, we can't do this. You know, naturally, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna you know, adopt a child. How, how did you get from from here to there?
0: Dude, you're
2: gonna make me start crying, you jerk. Yeah. Uh, okay. no, I, I mean, it's probably joking, by the way. I don't think you know the joke. Like, oh, um, <laughs> I, uh, it, it was, it was literally a time of, of, um, uh, of dealing with a death. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we literally had to mourn the fact that at this time we're not going to have kids, Yeah, Uh, our own kids.
3: And I think for me it was I I had to mourn a death, you know, and and as I'm sure DG probably told you, his brother had died in the midst of this. His brother came down with a cancer, and so – You know, we started the fertility stuff in in 2003, and his brother died in 2005. And I think one of the things that I've dealt with in that, you know, because we went and helped take care of him and were there through that. And it's like I was telling, you know, my mom and my sister talking with them, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, no, that couldn't happen. That scenario couldn't happen. But I saw in like live technicolor, yes, the worst case scenario can happen. And so I think in some ways I really felt like that God had been preparing us for this because in different ways, this was as hard as his brother dying in different ways. And so I, I really think that a lot of it for me, honestly, and was just my faith. I, I know that. I know that how I explained it to people was, do I think that God, you know, could miraculously make us pregnant? Absolutely. But do I think that because we're not that he's choosing not to? No. And does that make sense? No. But in the middle of there is where you call faith. And I'm just holding on to that. And, sure. you know, so were there days that I felt an unbelievably sad? Yes. Were there days that I hurt so bad that I thought I would die? Yes. Um, but for me, honestly, the reality of having to just swallow the pill of you are infertile. There is nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can change about it. There God didn't make it happen. Um, you know, he made your body to have kids, but obviously mine is just not working that way. And I had to deal with some body loathing, you know, I just would look at my body and think, You are so stupid <laughs> You know? And I, I Which would
1: really me. <laughs> I
3: had to voice those things. And, you know, I think some of it is, you know, we, um, we really tried to be as honest as we could with not bleed on people, if that makes sense. And I felt like people, were, <laughs> people were watching us and people were listening to us. And I really felt I had I, I really feel like as a couple, we had to process through it as it was happening. And, you know, just think, OK, this is reality. It sucks. I, you know, and I think that, you know, we had other things happen where we would, you know, we had a group of friends that we would meet with every week, and there were two of the girls that got pregnant at the same time, and that for me was gut-wrenching watching week by week, and, you know, there were some times that it's like, hey, we're going to go shop for baby clothes, and I'd say, you know, I'd love to go with y'all, oh, no, we're going to go, it's cool, and it just, it it was just, it was heart-wrenching for me, um, to have friends that just didn't get that. We wanted to be involved in life, in somebody having life, because it felt like we were surrounded by it. not even death. I mean, we didn't have anything to die, you know. Right. It was like undead, which to me was so It was much the worse. nothing
2: and the never-ending story it was the nothing.
3: It was awful, you know. <laughs> but then we had friends like Courtney, Courtney of the Guys podcast. He and his wife got pregnant, and they welcomed us into that experience. You know, and and Kelly would say to me, please tell me if this is hard for you. And she let me help her paint her nursery and buy clothes. And, you know, and it it just, for me, that, that was a huge source of healing. And, you know, my family and my sister and my mom, you know, it's like, I mean, my sister told me multiple times, she's like, I will be a surrogate for you. You know, no questions asked, I will do this. And I just... We just felt, you know, I just could not ask you to do that.
2: Yeah, besides, I wouldn't want to have sex with your sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's so gross.
3: Wow. Wow. <laughs> man, I'm going to have
0: to,
1: that I'm gonna have to edit, so edit that out, man. That's gross. a, it's a flat on the play there, man. Ooh.
3: Ooh. <laughs> so I think, you know, we, we had to grieve. And I don't know, though, that for us, I think it was last met. And I think that we had been grieving the whole time. So where when we finally reached that point, it was like, okay, you know, and I mean, part of it is if you ask even one of us, you know, growing up, you asked me when I was a little girl, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I want to be a mommy. You know, I want to have kids and I want to love them. And,
0: right.
3: and DG was the same way. And so, you know, to, to not have that, um, you know, people, you know, and the, and the double edged sword of it was, you know, DG's only other sibling died. And we were at church one day, and his mom was sitting there, and some lady was talking about her grandkids. And she pointed at me and said, how dare you rob his mother of that joy? And I'm just sitting there wow. thinking, holy crap. You know, that is like, oh, my gosh. And I, honestly, I didn't feel bad for myself. I felt horrible for gigi's mom. You know, it's like, yeah. That, that, was, that has been the deep sorrow for me is that I felt like we couldn't give them, you know, that, that carry on of their name because family name is huge with them. And I went up to her afterwards and I said, I'm so sorry. And DG's mom looked at me like, what in the world are you talking about? She's like, I am so sorry. And, you know, so I think we had such a huge support system. Um, but I think we stuck close to each other, too. And you know, so I think we—it oh, yeah. had always been in the back of our heads that you know we want to be parents.
2: Definitely, and I think that I think that we were—I mean, we didn't actually say it out loud at the first of our marriage, but we always said, even in the midst of all the infertility stuff, even if we get a baby and we, you know, we we have a baby on our own, um, we always wanted to to adopt. I mean, yeah. we, we we said that would be just an awesome, amazing thing yeah. uh, to be able to do that. And so, anyways, let's move on to the adoption part. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I want to bring hope to the story.
3: Yeah, it's like, uh. <laughs> you know, And I think part well, of it was, you know, you, you want to have a child that you can look at and say, oh, wow, well, you know, you look like his aunt, and you look like so-and-so. And I think part of it for me was that process of realizing, you know what, there could be something actually better, of looking at this and being like, you know what, you did not have a family and we chose you and your mother chose us. And, you know, for me, it was like that transition of thinking, wow, there could actually be something so much better, um, so much different, but just so precious that you, that, you know, you look at this child and you're like, you may not look like me, but your heart looks like me.
2: Yeah, and you smell like me.
3: You smell like me, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we cooked up a lot of garlic in this household, and yeah.
3: you're going to smell
1: like me, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh,
1: so so, so, how did you start with this process? I mean, did you know anybody did this before, or was it just kind of like all kinds of Google searches and trying to find where kind of, You know, step one was how how did that start? That's a great question. Yeah,
3: I mean, I actually have two cousins that are adopted. Um, My aunt and uncle had the same problem that we had, Um, never knew why they weren't able to have kids. And so they've been a huge support to us through this. And
2: I honestly think uh, the main reason why we are infertile is because Tiffany's family has a little bit of alien (laughs) in the (laughs) blood. And I'm not I just talking like Roswell. I'm not talking illegal. Yeah, she literally grew up very close to Roswell.
1: Wow. Harrison, uh, like uh, what the like that TV show V or something like that? I remember? Yeah, that, like, uh, yes, like there I'm there ripping go. my
3: skin off right now. That freaked me out so bad. I could not sleep for a week. Oh
1: my god. Okay, wait,
2: anyway, keep going. Okay.
3: No, but I personally really think that I was born with bilateral hip dysplasia. And by the time I was five, I had 500 x-rays on my, you know, pelvic area with toes, her. My, without any shield. And, you know, the doctor basically told my mom, you know, it's very probable that I always tell my mom I have scrambled eggs that it's like it just cooked it, um, you know. And so I had always kind of worried that that would be, that would be, you know, what would happen is that I wouldn't be able to have kids but
2: so how do we do the adoption thing? How do we kind okay.
3: So I'll, just,
2: I'll keep her on track for you, Dr. Ray.
3: It was, it was hey, very just that. finding the agencies <laughs> was the hardest thing, you know, because you, once you, once you say you want to adopt, I mean, everybody has, Oh my gosh, I heard of this agency. It was awesome. They went to this place, you know, and you should, you should look at this. And so I think DJ and I had to sit down and figure out, you know, what are our priorities of, you know, a child? And, you know, do we want to do domestic? Do we want to do international? Because that determines what agency you go with. Oh, and yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: then about, you know, being able to find a family.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. And and I had just done a mission trip in Guatemala uh, right, right at the time period. We were kind of trying to decide. And I mean, and I.
3: I wanted him to skip the kid in a suitcase.
2: Yeah, seriously. Like, I mean, I was going to the the poorest parts of Guatemala, uh, especially Guatemala City. This place called La uh, which is like the slum of the slums. Uh, anyway, and so, and I was like, "Ooh, let's adopt from a Guatemala. That would be awesome." I can speak a little bit of Spanish. You uh, have Spanish Spanish heritage, but you can't speak a lick of it, <laughs> and uh, which cracks me up. And, uh, and I was just like, let's do this. And then I found out that Guatemala's adoption was closed right. at the time. So we can't – and it's, I think it still is right now. But I think it's loosening up pretty soon. But, and we couldn't – you know, I was just like, oh, it's kind of gut-wrenching why I would love to do that. But I think at that point in time, I just kind of realized that uh, out of all of uh, the cultures that are out there, um, with me growing up in West Texas and you growing up in New Mexico – I mean, all my friends were Mexican. I mean, they really were. Uh, just the majority of my friends are Mexican. And that's a culture that I actually knew quite a bit about and, and really loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I not, think
3: I was just immersed in it and didn't realize. Right.
2: I mean, your 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 grandmother is, is what, a half? Yeah. Spanish? No, yeah. Spanish Spaniard, but still from Mexico. Right. Anyway, and so we just so that was a little bit of a leaning towards we would like to have a, a child with, with uh with Hispanic Hispanic, you know, Hispanic descent or Hispanic or half Hispanic or whatever else. But we didn't really care. I mean, yeah, you know, we were just like, Hey, well, you know, whatever, yeah. I would love to, to raise a little small alien.
3: Yeah. Like Mike Watkowski on Monsters Inc. with wow. one big eye.
2: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> he's a monster, not an alien, but it's okay. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but so
2: yeah we we had to decide pretty early on did we want to do international or did we want to do domestic, and literally uh, I, I think that we chose domestic, but domestic with uh, if if at all possible with a, a, a Hispanic heritage, uh,
3: and also you wanted to make sure that we could find
2: then that's the other thing yeah a lot of the international adoptions are closed adoption uh, so you will not continue to have. Uh, some form of contact or a relationship with the birth mother um, because it's
3: very attractive to some people.
2: Yeah. A lot of the parents want to do that, but I have a history with my brother who died of Burkitt's lymphoma uh, and it was really, really, really beneficial for them to know my brother's siblings uh, for the sake of that. And I thought to myself, man, I I want this to be an open adoption for the purpose of being able to find any other siblings uh, from this birth mother with whatever child that we have for these kinds of purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they did not save mm-hmm. any stem cells from the umbilical cord or whatever else uh, at the time of birth, then, you know, you know, booyah, we would actually have a family that we could actually do, to be able to talk to. So open adoption was really important for me. It was actually a, a, a desire of mine to be able to have an open adoption. Plus, us as ministers, I mean, we're constantly, I mean, we just have... Uh, we have this desire to just develop friendships with anyone. Like I just, I really, really do love people. I love people from everywhere and anywhere. I don't care if they're Christians or not. I just really love people. And, and and to be able to have a relationship with a birth mother is just another awesome opportunity for us to get to know someone else and to be able to love on someone else. So in my mind, and I think in both of our minds, whatever we were going to do for this adoption, we were going to adopt this baby. We were planning on adopting the The birth mother and and their, and their family too, the whole time as well. And
3: I got to watch, you know, my cousins from Mexico, um, my cousin JJ, he struggled so deeply of not, he, he just felt like his past was a blank slate. And, um, I, I just, I want, I want our child to be able to have that, that history I feel it's a gift that you can give to them. Um, you know, and so, I mean, from that point, we, you know, we knew we wanted to do domestic. We knew that we wanted to do an open adoption. And from there, you know, we, you know, we had connections with friends and there was one agency that we were looking at that we had, you know, heard really great things about. Um, We had kind of looked at them earlier um, in the midst of infertility. And, you know, so we, you know, we, what we would do is we'd say, okay, let's think about this, let's pray about it, come back together and say yay or nay. And so we uh, we actually contacted them, and it was interesting. We got a note back. Um, actually, I saw a lady in the grocery store, and she was like, you know, I know I recommended this place, but some I've heard some things that were not so great, uh, you know, just coincidence like that. And so then we moved to another one that we've heard of, and we send in the inc- and They send us back an email that says, you know, we have just stopped doing eat. Adoption. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, what? I mean like, this. Wow. to be kidding me. We were just like, oh um, my gosh. <laughs> you know, based on financial restraints, and and they and they said, you know, just we want we want to urge you to be careful of which adoption agency you're going through because the small ones are just folding. They really are And yeah. a lot of people are, you know, giving their money and are losing their money, and so you know, then we're thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, what do we do now? And uh, DG's cousin is actually a social work uh, counselor in Texas, and she had told me a couple of months before that, you know, there's this agency in Texas. It just, it, her words were, it makes me smile. I know of a lot of people that have adopted from this agency. And uh, on the same about the same time period, my sister is a, is a mother baby nurse in Austin, and they actually, it's funny, they painted the floors in her hall and she's allergic to latex. And so she had to go down to the labor and delivery ward for six, seven weeks. And uh, she called me one day and said, you know, Tiffany, you know, I deal with a lot of adoption down here. And, you know, the agencies will come in, they deal with the birth mothers, they deal with the adoptive parents. And she said, there is just this one agency that just sticks out in my mind over all of them. She said, they're so loving, they're so kind, they have all of their stuff together, they know exactly what they're doing. And she said, I'm just not sure what the name of it is. And... Um, it's so funny, within a week of each other, they both came back to me and said, oh, yeah, it's Edna Gladney. And so VG and I just kind of talked about it and said, all right, let's just, let's just do it. You know, let's just go to Edna Gladney. Um, and for us, it was just, it was a huge thing of just saying, all right. You know, and I've, I've found with me, I'm not so sure for DG. I'm more of a, I have to process things a little bit slower than and in different ways.
2: I'm, you know Why? Because you're not as
3: smart. I'm not as smart just as you are. Just
0: joking,
2: I'm
3: just joking. Totally. Um, I'm an alien. Um, but for me, it was, there were hurdles for me emotionally that I had to jump over. And I think it was, I think it was defense mechanisms that I had set up to not be disappointed. Um, I think it was you know, you, you go for 10 years of month after month after month of no, 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 that it's, it was hard for me to get the momentum to, to even try. And it seemed so huge to me that I could not even fathom how we were going to do this. Yeah. It just like inertia, you felt frozen.
1: Okay. You so, I, I, I see on your blog down there that, uh, that you did a site visit down there. At what point were you like, well, you know, this is great. We have all this information that we got from the Internet. And, but, but now, you know, we, we have to be there and, and really, you know, I because mean, that's a big leap to say, hey, you know, from one point to say, you know, oh, this is great. You know, we got stuff on the Internet and stuff printed out. But, <laughs> you know, to make the commitment to say, hey, I'll be there and check it out. Uh, you know, how, what was that like? Yeah, that,
2: that, was a, that, that was a big step for us, it was, um, and, the, and the, the cool thing is, is, I mean, it was back in Texas. I mean, so I'm, you know, I'm born and raised in West Texas, uh, and it was in Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I knew that it had to be good if it's going to be in the promised land, like oh, the, greatest, the greatest state in the entire world. So I was pretty, you know, but there was a part of me that was like, this is cool. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like I'm kind of going back home, at least to my home state uh to do that. So I, I did not have too much um fear and trepidation. Although when we got down there it was very um, I, I did feel like I was in a, a kind of a whole new world and, and I think that we were not alone. There were a bunch of other uh prospective adoptive parents that were you know, we were all kind of deer and headlight kinda of look <laughs> in our eyes. And then whenever, then whenever I realized, you know, these are people that are just like us, well, some of them, a lot of them, they were like, this, we're here for our fifth baby, and we want to be here. And we're like, get the heck,
3: get, back. Yeah, it's like, get back in
2: line,
1: losers. Go we don't back. back. <laughs> get back in line. Go <laughs> to you. Hey, you. hey, you, you, hey you, you, you. Yeah, yeah, with the strollers? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Get, 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 get out of Get out of the line, you jerk. You don't have any, you don't need any kids. You've got, you got three
3: same we, time
2: for the rest of us. Yep. We so, also anyway.
3: had some friends here that just decided to throw us an adoption benefit, and I really think for me that was a push that I needed. You know, to you know, we had to get information together. We had to figure out where we were going to go and what we were going to do. Yeah. And I really, I I needed that push. Um, yeah, tell me, uh, tell me about
1: the, uh, the the community that's come around you to really to really support you know what you're doing.
2: Yeah, definitely, um, I mean, of course, family is horribly supportive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, like when we went down there to Dallas, we stayed with my cousin who lives in Dallas because they were just like, no, you have to stay here. There is no reason for you to buy a hotel room and to spend that extra money that you guys don't have on a hotel room. Stay at our house borrow my car drive all the way across town to be able to get to this place I mean it was really really awesome to be able to have the family support that we that we have
0: mm-hmm. but
2: really what blew us away uh, was was our friends I mean it was the the people in the church here when I'm talking like people in the church that uh, how do I say this we, I mean we, we had some not disagreements, but we did we didn't really talk with them a whole bunch. I mean they you know, they were just
3: they were just kinda of, acquaintances. Yeah.
2: Just barely acquaintances. And they all, you know, they kinda of came together and they just said, It is it it is uncalled for that you guys don't have kids. And we really want to support you guys, whatever that looks like. How can we support you? And, I, you know, I'm kind of flipping out because, honestly, we've got to raise $32,000 to be able to do this adoption thing.
3: $26,500. Oh, we
2: did find out it was $26,500. But even with all the traveling stuff, I think, it, you know, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be around 32000 something like that, which we do not have. Like, we, we both have 96-hour master's degree programs. We have so much debt that it's like it's you can crazy. see it coming out of our pores. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so, you know, it just floored us that other people that didn't even know us very well loved us enough to say, no, we're throwing you a party. We're going to sit hot dogs. We're going to have a, a you know, Nintendo Wii, a bouncy castle. We're going to have snow cones. I mean, they just did this huge, um, you know, silent auction. They just did, And in one night, I think we raised like, like $6,000. $6, wow. And you
1: just,
2: Blew it's us; crazy. it just knocked us out of the water. Now, of course, six thousand uh, dollars out of twenty-six thousand or thirty-two thousand that we need uh, is still a drop in the bucket. But it—it was that it was that it was that, um, it was that step that mm-hmm. told us, uh, "Hey, you're going to be cared for in the midst of this, whether it's through doctor, your friend Doctor Anonymous or or uh, or people at your church, or whatever else." people will want to give to you guys to be able to see this, this family happen. Right. And, uh, and it just, it, it floored me. And I, and, and I am not a person that is speechless. That's, that is not one of my traits. Uh, uh,
1: you know, I have three podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah.
2: no. <laughs> I've got three podcasts. Come on. I do not. Uh, I do not. I'm not speechless. But when they threw that party for us and they're like, say something, Timmy's like, say something, DG. And I was like,
3: it's you know. so humbling. I mean, it's so humbling. And, you know, the the lady that kind of really orchestrated it, um, she had been in a church that we were at in Lexington when she was in college, and she had just kind of watched us in ministry there, you know, and it's like I've been in youth for 15 years. I mean, a lot of the youth that were in my youth group are now married and probably about to have kids, which is like I've right. prepped myself for that. That's like a – that will be – had him blow um but you know she just said I watched you and I watched you guys with kids and you know you need children and you know we even we had a couple that gave us their medication that they had left over their their injectable medication that they had left over
2: they had left over through their infertility stuff and they got pregnant
3: Yeah, and so they gave us the leftover stuff. And, you know, just things like that, that, you know, you could look at it and think, wow, what a waste, you know, we, um, we just wasted all those years and all that money and our credit cards are, you know, scary, but I really don't think it's a waste and I think it's not a waste for things like this, Um, you know, one Sunday. um, The pastor asked me to preach and he said, you know, I I was going to preach preach about prayer and what happens when you pray and what you want to happen doesn't happen and And so I preached that Sunday and I just said, you know, I, I really feel like I need to tell you my story, but i don't want you to leave today and just hear you know infertility poor tiffany and dg like i want you to hear that that we found hope in the midst of this you know and that um for me it was what am what am i placing my hope in am i placing my hope in something that's going to happen for me and for dg or am i placing my hope in you know that i know i know that god is in control and that you know what? Maybe there, I, I really, and I don't, I don't mean maybe. I know that there is a child and a birth mother and a family that needs us and that we need them. Like, yeah. there is no yeah. doubt in my mind yeah, of that. I, I
2: have that sense too. I, we never actually visited, mean, we, we've never we've even talked even about, talked about that part. But yeah. yeah, I've got that sense too. I really I feel know. like there is, a, there is a child out there uh you know and call this you can call us what you want but i really do believe that there's a child out there that uh, that god desires for us to love on and to, and, and, to and
3: there's a part of me that you know what at, at the end of my life if i look at god and say and he says to me you know what tiffany i closed your womb for this i'm at the point now where i'm like i that's great
2: yeah, you know, what if there's a little that tiny great. what if there's a little tiny doctor <laughs> anonymous out there? Yeah. You know, just a, a wow. A we'll there. name
3: him one. Well we'll name him Doctor
2: <laughs> B. Doctor B and yeah, Doctor mean, A. He I was, mean
3: seriously, it I'm to the point that I really think that, you know, I I don't know. I just there is there is a child out there and children out there and you know, for me, I'm to the point, I, I would love to not be 40. I would love to not be like the grandparent taking my children to kindergarten. But, you know, more for their sake than for my sake, I would love to be around to be able to see my children's children, you know, but um, I, I just, I want to be able to share our lives and our love with a child.
1: Sure.
3: And, wait a
1: minute, wait a wait
3: um, a wait, minute, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're 40? I'm almost 36.
1: Oh really?
3: Okay. Yeah. That's no more
1: like. 40.
0: Yeah, hey, I, I'm it's like, I do it. All right. Yeah. It's
3: <laughs> close You know. And, Dang, you're good looking. And we'll have, we'll have people say to us, is, oh, I'm so old," and you know, it's like I I really, you know, for me, it's not a matter of wow, I'm so old. It's uh, for me, it's become a matter of I, I really want to be able to be there for our children. Right. And you know, I I do have worries about that. Of you know, I don't. You know, but you know that's that's something that I just have to kind of say, oh, you know, we'll we'll crutch it there, we'll wheelchair it there to there.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> you know,
3: um, but, but uh, for us, just.
2: But I want to go huge. back. I want to go back to our visit to Ed and Gladney, the the very yeah. first time I went there, because we had to make decisions if we were going to go with them. I mean, it really was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and while we were there, it was really amazing and really powerful to us. Uh, we went to a, a side room and they split up all the birth parent, all the all the adoptive parents, our potential adoptive parents, and there was a guy there. What? Oh
3: yeah, and share how you introduced yourself. Oh, you want? <laughs> oh my <laughs> love. nothing to do with the story. No, the lady
2: was walking around and she was basically just saying.
3: She's our caseworker. Okay. She's like our potential caseworker. Our
2: future potential caseworker.
3: Oh yes. I don't
2: care. Uh, but she was like, "Go around, say your name, where you're from, and tell us tell us a little one interesting fact about you that you know that would just be good." No.
0: And the other people are like, "I love kids."
2: Yeah, everyone's like, "I, I love like kids. I like the garden. I like to crochet, whatever else." And so it got to me, and I was like, "You know, my name's D.G. Hollums. Uh, I am from Texas, even though I live in Kentucky. Let's get that straight." And uh, and then I said, "You know, I guess if I ever went bald, I could probably shave my butt and make plugs, and I would have a full head of hair."
3: And I'm like, oh, great, we're packing our bags and going home. <laughs> wow. It was so awful. It was
2: awesome. Oh. It was not awful. And everyone in the room, it was so great because everyone in the room, they they breathed. Like, you could tell that. And they were
3: laughing. Well, of course
2: they're laughing. But but you could just tell, like, this the whole nervousness in the room just went, oh, did someone just cracked the nose. And wow. the
3: caseworker came and found us afterward and said, I'm so glad you're here because you're real. I'm like, real weird. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, probably said, uh, "Yeah,
1: yeah." Oh, they probably said, "You know, like uh, pastor." Yeah, okay. Next. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Liar! You're not a pastor. You are a liar. There's no pastor I know. Uh, it's as weird and funky as you get. But uh, so anyway, we were there, and the, the cool thing was is like we found out that this entire place was actually started by a United Methodist pastor, which is what we are, and we were like, "Okay, that's pretty that's freaky, weird. cool." Um, and, uh, and, and and this one guy that was in that one room, he was actually adopted from that agency. He was an adopted child
3: from that.
2: Yeah. He was a baby from that agency. And now he's back with his wife and their two kids or three kids. Uh, Desiring to 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 come full circle and to adopt another child, and it was okay that home.
3: he was at the front of the line. You know, even though they had two kids, I'm like, okay, you can go in front of us, but all the other people with kids, you need to go back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was in, so anyway. We after we got back from there, we were just like, I think this is the place we want to go. Oh, like. Yeah, um, and, and even though it's in Dallas and Fort Worth, and it's pretty good ways away from Northern Kentucky, um, it, it's still worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the other benefit was that we didn't even know about was the the tax not the tax laws the, the laws. adoption laws in Texas are really good, and we had no clue. Like we found out that the majority of the parents that were there, of the adopted parents that were there, they're coming in from like uh, Seattle, Seattle and Washington. New York and, yeah. and Boston and stuff like that because of
3: they're so favorable because
2: Texas, of the yeah. adoption laws there.
3: And we had no idea. Yeah, and so that was
2: just on the benefit. We were like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll just we'll do it to this mm-hmm. agency. Plus, it would probably be a little bit higher chance and opportunity if we really did desire to have a Hispanic baby, half Hispanic baby, uh, with it being in Texas. Maybe those odds would be a little bit higher. We didn't know. So anyway, that's oh, the reason what, we, uh, we chose it.
1: At what point did you decide to, we'll say, we should, you know, we should share this with everybody or, or at least the people that, you know, that want to know what's going on and say, hey, we should put up a blog and share this experience with with everybody? But when did, did that happen before you went to Texas or when you came back or, or was this, was that the plan all along or how did it come about?
2: Basically, Tiffany told me we needed a blog, we needed a website, and I was like, "Well," and
1: I bugged
0: him,
2: and I was like, "Well, I really want a website for my photography, so I could maybe be able to sell my photography and raise money for the adoption stuff." And I was like, "Well, I've been wanting to try out this thing called Squarespace. I've been hearing it on all the podcasts I listen to. Let's try it out." And so that's really what we—that's <laughs> really what we did. Um, but uh, it was—it was—it was just something that we're, you know anyone who is going to be doing something like this. Fifteen thousand people are going to be asking you, "Hey, how's it yeah. going? What's going on? What's still happening now?" And it just makes a lot of sense to be able to give them a little summary and then just say, "Hey, go to yeah, go to and you can follow us during our adoption journey during the midst of that." Plus, we were really, really wanting to be wanting to have a place. We're trying to be as open and and, and, and uh, what do you call it, transparent as possible when it comes to how we spend the money. Because there's a bunch of people that are giving us money. It's not tax-deferred. I mean, this is just gifts, just hard straight up, here's a gift uh, to us. And we wanted to be open and honest with everyone to be able to say, hey, here's how much money has come in. Uh, please give to that. Please help us out financially. But here is how we have spent every penny of that. Mm-hmm. And so every time that we spend money, whether it's a flight to go down there to do interviews with Edna Gladney or whatever else, we put it up there, and we say, "Hey, this is this is what we spent. This is when we spent it. But here is the story behind where that money went. Mm-hmm. And thank you again for your gifts. And so it's, it's it serves multiple purposes. But you know, the main one, the main one for me, because uh, for some reason I just had this hang up with finances. Is uh, I you know I I know that we don't have thirty thousand dollars saved up somewhere that we can be able to put towards this. It's going to happen is if people help us financially. So I wanted to set up a PayPal. I wanted to be able to show that little thermometer in the bottom right side of the website um, to tell people, hey, your gift is, is truly making a difference. And it's going to make a difference for an entire life of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who knows, maybe their children's children and then their children's children. I mean, your gift is is, uh, is, is so much more than just uh, helping out D.G. and Tiffany. Right. It really is um uh, going to change it could potentially change and affect the world depending on what this child grows well, up well so.
3: i think too you know that our child could have a place sometime to go and see that us getting them was just not us it was a community event and i wanted a place where they could go and see it from inception if that makes sense and you know i'm i'm a big journaler like i journal everything and so for me sometimes it feels like something hasn't happened if i don't write it in my journal and going going online is is a big is a big leap for me um, i on my blog i don't know if dg has the link to that but yeah, it's okay. on, on my blog i've i've tried at times to write out my thoughts about the infertility and some of the struggles with it and Um, I'm, I'm not real consistent with it. Um, partly because of the way I process things, I have to think about it and pray about it. And by the time I really share anything about it, really with anybody, I've processed through it. And, um, and sometimes it takes longer for me. But I found, you know, that people read my blog and they, um, they're they like, wow. You know, and I think sometimes the perception with some people was, wow, Tiffany, you're so strong. You've really, you know, and, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. I mean, that one entry on my blog was like a year in the making. Like I didn't. Right. I didn't post the other steps up to that where I'm like, this day sucks. I hate, you know, I hate my body. And, um, and so, you know, I really, I've had a lot of women contact me and say, you know, I just need to talk through this or, you know, and there's some people that'll, you know, they'll have a sister or something and say, well, I just didn't know if I should talk to you. And I'm like, I think part of it would be over and over. is Our lives are an open book. You can talk to me about this and, um, you know, I, I want people to know that there is a place that they can go to talk about this. And, you know, all exactly, across yeah. the board, I mean, we, we were counselors at a camp and we kind of shared our story. And one of the college girls came up to me and she was just crying and she said, I, I am wracked with guilt right now. And I feel like I'm going to tell you this and you're going to judge me. But I, you know, I got pregnant in college and I had an abortion. And she said, and I feel like I aborted your child. You know, and, and I know you're just probably going to judge me. And I looked at her and I said, no. I mean, I, I just, I'm so sorry for what you went through. And I'm so sorry that you felt like you had nowhere else to turn. And, you know, I've had so many people that it's like we come at it from different points. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't compare my situation to her. or You know what I'm saying? I don't find guilt with her, I just, I I felt so sad that she felt like she had no other place to go. And, you know, it all came out of, you know, us sharing our story.
2: Right. And so, and so that's another reason why we have the adoption.holms.blog and the adoption.holms.com website is to be able to say, Hey, if you know of anybody else who, who is going through either infertility or going through the adoption process or even thinking about it, we're going to be an open book here. We can either have we can either have other conversations to be able to help other couples through it, um, or we can just be able to to show you a support by saying here's an open book. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest with you too, uh, it really it really is encouraging for us uh, with the, with the comments that people leave. Uh, like already, Doctor, I don't know if you noticed or not, but someone already found our our uh, our, our the website and left a comment on one of the blog posts,
0: saying, "Hey, wow you know,
2: thinking about you guys, and and uh, you guys aren't alone." And I just, I mean, that's that means more to to me, you know, than than that person will ever know.
0: Right.
2: Um, and so it, it's a place for us to receive encouragement, for us to be able to give encouragement. Uh, for us to be able to receive finances financial support. And also, ultimately, I think uh, one of the things we have to do in, in this process is to create an online place for the the birth mothers to be able to go check out more information about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I plan on putting up uh, – I, I, what I'd like to do is put up a page where people can literally write up um, uh, letters of recommendation, You know, the, the equivalent of that, like a blog post mm-hmm. of recommendation, So everybody could be able to talk and read about, you know, just saying, hey, birth mothers might read this. What would you say about us uh, to help them make it? Um, And uh, and I'm thinking about putting that up there on the website sometime, if I can find some time
0: somewhere.
3: Well, and I think, you know, the thing that they were really stressing to us is they had, at this orientation, they had some actual birth mothers that are, are very close to the end of their pregnancy and have already chosen their adoptive families. And one of the things that we have to do, basically right now, where we are in the process is we've sent in all of our forms. Actually, we have, we have some of the last bit of it, like a domestic violence statement and blah, 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 like that. Um, and we're sending in like 25% of the application fee. And the next step after that is we fly to Dallas for an interview with our caseworker And then we do our home study. And then after that, we have to create a profile, like basically a scrapbook explaining who we are as a couple to potential birth moms in 10 pages of, you know, pictures and text. Oh, it's only 10 pages? I thought we had to create 10 books. Only 10 pages. We have to make 10 to to 15 copies of it. And then they'll give each birth mother like 5 to 10 books to look at. And, you know, but these girls were basically saying, you know, I picked the birth parents that I picked because, you know, they were Christians. And another one was like, I picked the parents I picked because she wasn't a Christian. And the other one's like, I picked my birth parents because they traveled a lot. And I'm like, oh, great, you know, we don't travel at all. And so, but but <laughs> what I think what they were trying to get home to us is that they're all looking for something different and that you need to present who you are and, For me, that seems like a Herculean task. I have no idea how to present who we are in a scrapbook. Um, And it was interesting because, you know, some of the potential adoptive parents were asking questions like, you know, like, what if I send my kid off to college and their birth mom comes and finds them? And I'm thinking they're an adult, you know, Uh, they'll be okay. And, And... you know, DG raised his hand, and they were saying, you know, can they find our phone number? Can they find us? And I'm thinking, we are all over the Internet. I mean, they could just I, – I kind of hold out the hope, you know, that we have a Harry Potter situation where, you know, there's this baby. I just open the door, and, wow, there's this baby right on our doorstep. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, that to me is like the ultimate best. I'm sorry we don't
2: have a room under the stairs.
3: <laughs> we do, though, kind of. Oh, gosh.
2: But, uh, yeah, it's – yeah, exactly and and i think that it's um it's it's it's, it's a, it, this part of the journey is is completely filled with hope yeah and and all the questions we had with the infertility stuff when it basically came down to in vitro fertilization or adoption in vitro for us ethically and 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 some and for and, and religiously and
0: spiritually.
2: and spiritually a little bit of a gray area adoption is zero gray area for us. Yeah. And so this one yeah. is just completely filled with hope. There's no questions involved in it. There's and,
3: no doubt we're doing Exactly. There's what, no doubt. What what we basically have professed to believe with our lives, we're living it out literally right. with our actions. Yeah.
1: So it's it's just awesome. <laughs> um so at uh, at this point um uh, I see on your on your adoption blog that the the last post you have is is the application is sent. Uh, what, at what at what state are you? What stage are you at right now in the process?
3: Well, with the application, there there's an actual six page application we had to fill out, and it was like past 10 years of work history, past 10 years of salaries, past 10 years of, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have no clue. And, you know, so filling that out, it was like a nine page document. It was, it was intense. And we had to send off four letters of recommendation, um, you know, and, uh, salary information and so that was the initial application but then what we found is that there is a whole list of other things that we had to send in. Um, just I guess two days ago we sat down and did sign a domestic violence statement um, you know saying that there is no domestic violence. Um, we had to get background checks. We had to get physicals um Let's our, get physical. our doctor had to say physical. physical. And I was so oh. sad because DG did not have to turn and cough, and that was really kind of disappointing to me.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, we can we can, uh, we can take care of that right now, a DG turn and cough. Cool.
3: <laughs> With you turn and cough. <laughs> yeah. And so, All then right, we, so you're also, good. we also had to fill out, um, we have to get FBI <laughs> checks.
2: Well, um, two seconds. Dr. Alonis, next time, can you warm up your hands? That would be great.
3: <laughs>
1: wear a glove. I'll actually wear a glove next time. Thanks. Okay, next time. <laughs> thanks. Next time.
3: Well, we also filled out a birth parent matching form where we, you know, it's like, what, what, you know, ethnicity do you want? And that is so hard for me because I'm like, I don't care
2: right yeah we want to we'll take a retarded baby we'll take a crack baby. we don't
3: care right Um,
2: but but we have to be honest with ourselves too and just be able we have to find out with ourselves hey with our financial situation right now and our life right now uh and and the time commitments that are required for being a pastor you know what is what's a reality check here Mm uh you know we would in 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 a perfect world we would say anyone and everyone um but in a reality world we actually have to be honest with ourselves uh, so but we did put on the we did
3: put on the form like um any of the any mild drug use before pregnancy mild to moderate drug use before pregnancy mild but you know we just put on there you know it's what i really what i really and cultural backgrounds? i
2: think we said we said anything all, all yeah, cultural backgrounds yeah.
3: Is that our caseworker will know us and just I really think just because of our belief there is a specific baby, I think it's going to be on an individual basis, you know, because part of what they were saying, and and I know this from youth ministry, no adoptive situation is an ideal situation. You know, it's, it's really incredibly naive to think there's no drug use. There's no, you know, extracurricular sexual activity because, you know, hello, I mean, you know, so it's just, we're not under the delusion that it's, it's a perfect situation, um, and so I think some of that, you know, I really think that with our age and our experience that, um, I have a feeling that there's going to be a mother out there that sees us and is like, wow, that, you know, this is who I've been waiting for. Um, and I, I've felt a real sense that we need to be ready. I mean, once we send our stuff in, we need to be ready to go.
2: And, and, and the worry for me on that is, you know, we have, we've saved up 8000 of the 30000 that we yeah. need. And if it goes fast, then it, it, if we don't have any money, then we're going to have to tell the birth mom, I'm sorry, we just can't do it financially right now. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and the great thing is, is in this process, all the places that we could go to be able to ask for scholarships and stuff require for us to be approved for the adoption.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: we have to wait until we get the home, home study, study and until we go back down there for the other interview before they'll actually say you've been approved and then once we once we've once we've said we've been approved, that's when we can be able to go to Shahanas Hope and and just you know other different places that actually give out uh, scholarships. And I'm really, I mean, that's I'm begging and hoping and pleading uh, mm-hmm. that um, that either friends or family or or these scholarship places could be able to help us out financially. Because if it does go fast, I just want to make sure that we can <laughs> yeah. make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Wow, <laughs> um, gee whiz! That's just a—it's uh, um, a
3: roller coaster, uh, but this yeah, part of the roller coaster is nice. I mean, because you know, I mean, I know that at the end where, you know, people ask me is it stressful? I'm like, no, because I mean, somewhere, sometime, we will have a child. It's so much better than having no hope. Oh know? yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just—it's like a ray of light for me, and you know, it's—it's it's so incredible. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. actually fun. Yeah.
2: It's nowhere near
1: as bad as stressful. To us, so.
3: I don't have to get what's, cute uh, calendars in to convince me it's fun.
1: Yeah. What's uh, what's uh, what, what's fun about it?
2: I uh, I think the the anticipation, um, yeah. the anticipation of getting to know a birth mom. Uh, getting to get phone calls or emails or yeah. Facebook messages from birth moms, that part that me. And I think that
3: freaks out a lot of other adoptive parents.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we were talking to this girl, yeah. to this lady that might be our future um, caseworker. Uh, caseworker, she was like, "Are you guys serious about? You know, you're okay with them checking out your Facebook page and stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I, good gosh, I mean, you can find out what my." I mean, I can tell you what my salary is because it's on the church website. I mean, we're pastors. They're required to mm-hmm. tell everybody what our salary is. Our lives are open books here,
3: yeah. uh,
2: and all it takes is a few searches with our name, whether it's Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, uh, you know, podcast, iTunes. I mean, I'm, there I'm everywhere. There's no I'm sure anonymity everywhere. <laughs> with us.
3: I mean, there, there's no anonymity. And I think part of that for us is just, you know, I think that we could be a real awesome guinea pig for people to watch i you know and and that's part of it is i I want people to experience it with us because that's been something that i've found with you know as as our friends have gotten pregnant and you know people will call us and you know like my sister with her second kid she felt so bad and i just told her i said you know noel i love experiencing this with you because there's things i'm not going to be able to experience but part of it on reverse is that we're experiencing things that other people won't get to experience, and I want to share that with them, um, not only for our sake but for their sake. Sure, definitely. So. Um, uh,
1: That's my last set of questions. Uh, something that I'm really curious about, um, and I know this will, this will take a little while to answer as well, but something that I'm really curious about is, I mean, I know you're still in the process right now, but, but I guess going through it that you've been through, um you know kind of what are some things that that uh, that you've learned about yourself and you've learned about your relationship with each other about your faith about friendships i mean i know it's a huge deep question but uh, that's something that that is is interesting to me
3: i think i've learned that i'm re- more resilient than i thought um I think I've learned a lot about how I process things as a person and as a Christian. Um, I think that DG and I have learned to lean on each other. Um, We've had to learn how to communicate and but I've also learned that you always have hope even if things don't work out like you thought they did. And even if it works out as the worst case scenario, of what you thought it would be, that there's like an exit hatch, you know, it's like there's, there's always hope in that. And um, I think I've learned how to be compassionate for people that are hurting. Um, Some of the things that I haven't learned really well is how to really be vulnerable and let people be there for me, but I'm, I'm learning. Um, that that's my answer. What about you, DT? Uh
2: Gosh, um, I don't know. I, I'm learning that um, it just it's just becoming more and more of a of a true passion for me to be a daddy. Uh, you know, it was always there because I just loved kids. But there's a difference between really really loving kids and really really wanting a kid for me. And as a as a dude. Uh, I didn't have that motherly kind of instinct, and so I'm learning uh, about myself that that there's a huge difference between me just loving to be around kids and hanging out with kids as opposed to basically really saying, man, I, I, I want to be a daddy and, and the depth of what that means. Um, and
3: to even let yourself feel that. I think that we both had shielded ourselves from even feeling that. Right. Yeah. Because you get in, you dig into that, and it's like you just are digging into a bottomless pit.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, um,
1: uh, before I ask you to, to kind of just uh, share some uh, closing thoughts, I can't believe it's been an hour and a half already. It's been it's been crazy. Um, uh, I, I do want to let people know about uh, your other uh, projects and podcasts and blogs. So, uh, so DJ, I'll let you kind of uh, just talk about. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like people to know about you know Praxis sure. and TGP and, and your other your other out here sure. on the net.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you can go to PraxisPodcast.com. That's P-R-A-X-I-S.com. Uh, that's a uh, religious podcast that I do. Uh, It's basically interviewing uh, a bunch of uh, pastor kinds of people or authors that uh, do uh, Christianity funky and different, Um, so the kind of people I hang out with, (laughs) and it's really good, so you can listen to that one. I do another podcast called The Guys Podcast. It's just at theguyspodcast.com. You can listen to us live every Wednesday night on geeksradio.fm at 9 p.m., And it's uh, three guys, one guy in Florida, another guy up in Toronto now, and then me here in Kentucky. And we just do tech news, video game, movie reviews, stuff like that. Uh, Very geeky, but very hilarious. And um, and I do another podcast uh, called About the Church, which is part of the gspn.tv website and a network of podcasts with a friend of mine named Cliff Ravenscraft.
3: And I crochet in it.
2: And my wife is just awesome (laughs) and hot.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and I know you. I know you put it in the in the chat room, but uh, maybe just personal uh, blogs if people want to check those out.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, my personal blog is dg.hollums.com. That's h-o-l-l-u-m-s. Uh, Tiffany has a blog that we're kind of in the process of switching over to the Squarespace uh, area, as well as my personal blog too. But hers right now is just a Blogspot blog, so it's tiffanitasthoughts.blogspot.com. As T I F S I N I T A S Thoughts uh, dot blogspot dot com, and of course please uh, read all about the adoption journey that we're doing it, and that's just HTTP uh, colon slash slash. Don't worry about the www, and it's uh, adoption dot h o l l u m s adoption dot dot com, and uh, and if you want to financially support us there, or just support us with some encouraging words, or uh, or just follow the journey and send other people there that you know of people that are going through the process and just want to talk to us, that is the best way in the world to do it. So follow me on Twitter dot com slash the guys podcast, Twitter.com slash practice podcast, and then my personal Twitter is Twitter.com slash Aragon fifty two A-R-G-O-N five two. And Tiffany's on Twitter and hers is Twitter.com slash tiffanita, T I F F I N what is it? T-I-F-F-I-N-I-T-A
3: t i f f i n i t a okay she that's my grandma's out. name for me um, <laughs> and also we want to just encourage anybody that's out there you know if you need to talk um, if you're struggling through this or you have a family member, you know please contact us yeah we have no we have no uh, worries yeah and we're, we're all over here.
2: Facebook and everything else you can friend us up on Facebook and my google voice number is on my facebook number so you can mm-hmm. always give a, give us a call on that one uh, if you want to so love to have you.
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do a usual heavy breathing uh, uh, message for you. Me. So uh, that's me. Nice.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, so if anyone does need to contact us, call 859 dgh That's 859 344
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome, <laughs> great. Uh, so, DG and Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show. This is, um, you know, it, it, it was it was great to to hear your so story. We we had a great crowd in the chat room today. I want to thank everybody that uh, that uh, joined us uh, live, and uh, definitely we'll have to bring you back every once in a while just to kind of check because uh, I know I'll probably get some emails every once in a while. Hey, how are DG and Tiffany doing? And uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> maybe just that. kind of take us take us through. Uh, take us through things a little bit but uh, before i let you go did you have any 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 closing thoughts or anything i forgot to ask that 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 you think uh, people would want to know about or anything you want to share as we kind of close up the show here tonight
2: um, no other than professing my love for dr munn it's not 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 really i <laughs> uh, got it all out there. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! Just so thanks so weird. much, Doctor
2: A, for having us on. It really is an honor and a privilege. Yeah, and,
0: we feel honored. And
2: your listeners are are awesome listeners. And uh, when I have time, I'm I'm there listening to you as well. And and my life has been pretty crazy lately, so I'm sorry I haven't been able to listen to you as much. But uh, just thank you all for everyone who's listening, and and please continue to support Doctor A as well. He's a, a phenomenal guy, as you all know anyway, uh, but definitely deserves your prayers and thoughts as well. So
1: yeah,
3: thank you. Yeah, for what if he did?
1: Oh yeah, you're welcome. What I'm to do is I'm going to have to have to make my way down there to the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky area and uh, that
3: would be awesome. hang out, and
1: uh, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd I be will, a great time.
2: Definitely, I will cook you a Texas steak. I'll give you some uh, organic uh, vegetables that I'm growing in my garden in the backyard. I mean, we will hook you up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, great. Well, hey, well, thank you so much. Um, before I close up the show, did you, if you had, I did want to touch base with you after the show here, so uh, maybe we could talk cool. on Skype afterwards, little FYI. Sure. Uh, okay. But thank you for being on the show. Uh, it was great. We'll have to bring you back at some point because uh, I know that, uh, you know, we had a great turnout tonight. And I know people are kind of very curious uh, to see how uh, how your story turns out. I know it's going to be a good one there. So thank you so much for being on the show, and then we'll, we'll talk real soon. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening, everybody.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Okay. All right kids so uh so yeah great show tonight a little, little bit Than little uh than uh, what uh, what you the listener out there are, are used to uh, but it's great I, again I want to I want to thank uh want to thank uh, DG and Tiffany Hollems for uh, for joining us uh tonight to, to share their story great story I think and I think it's going to have a it's going to have a good ending you know they they've been through a lot uh but I think uh, I think they're going to make it uh so, uh, so, it was great. It was, uh, I know I'm. Uh, you know, I, I know my thoughts and prayers are uh, with them as well. Uh, so, yeah. Again, again, I want you to. I, I encourage you to check out their uh, adoption uh, uh, blog page here at adoption.hollams.com, and I'll try to put up uh, all the all the links that DG rattled off there on the uh, on the show notes here at uh, dranonymous.com after the show. Uh, so that, that's all I got for you here this evening. Thank you for joining us. My next show will be Saturday night here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, August 15, 2009. It will be at 9 p.m. Eastern Time live. Uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So join me at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Blog Talk Radio. going to have a two-hour show. Yeah, I know. I know. It's going to be fun and exciting to happen. Uh, but thanks a lot for joining me. I will uh, close out uh, with a song here, and uh, I will see everybody here on Thursday night. Uh, let me see here. Where is where is it? This is this is live radio right here. Me trying to find my closing song. Me trying to uh, me trying to stall here because I'm trying to find the the perfect song here, and I'm not really finding it, so I'm going to keep talking until, until I find it, because, uh oh, man, that's everybody is left my chat room. Oh, uh, here it is. All right, we'll see everybody on Saturday night right here on Block Talk Radio. I am Dr. Anonymous, live here from the Buckeye State. Have a great night, and uh, we will talk to all of you very soon. Good night, everybody.